Welcome, everyone, to the next episode of the Caterpillar Podcast. Today, without a guest. But there isn't uh, that much news to talk about anyway, I guess. Yeah, it's been very light on uh, on dev blogs recently. Although we do have some portal news, I suppose. But on the dev blog side, the first one would be just a short one. Changes to brawls and basically they disable divisions in brawls because they figured out that some people actually divisioned and they never planned for it. You know, the most interesting thing about this is that they they talk like it's not working correctly, right? But even like years ago in three versus three brawls, well, least a year or so ago, I I know that I've been in a three man division against. Uh, well, zero divisions, right? It's probably not that impactful, but this isn't like a new thing in the matchmaker. It's just when they had, I guess, smaller team brawls, it might not have been so bad. It, I mean, the whole whole thing to me sounds like they they maybe haven't sort of. I mean, they do this sometimes. They don't quite think through how players are actually going to, you know play with the, the modes and whatever that they give them, so it kind of feels like it uh, falls into that. I mean, the the interesting thing is, right, uh, it, there was like a, a 12 of his 12 brawl, which didn't even have any restrictions, I think, so it was like basically a random battle just called brawl, and that didn't even match, I think, Ships, because usually in brawls, right, you don't enforce that you have to have the same type of ships. Could have two destroyers and a cruiser against like one destroyer, cruiser, and a battleship, or something like that, right? Which is in the small brawls where you expect people to bring a three man division. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's interesting, or it's fine, but in the, in the bigger of not so much. So honestly, like it's not like the brawl matchmaker has ever been working. Or it's like there was never really a matchmaker, and it's just has been abused so much this time that they finally had to acknowledge it. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Speaking of this, we could also mention that in the free versus free carrier brawl that has recently happened, apparently people abused it so much that wargaming had to sanction some players. Because they stopped attacking each other and just farmed planes, which resulted in way too much experience. Which goes to show that if you actually kill all the planes in a carrier, you, you know, it's, it was never intended for that. Yeah. This is not the first time where they've, they've had to come down on, on people. Like it, it, it wasn't like there was nothing specifically in the rules that said, "Hey, don't do that." But they've obviously decided yeah. that that's abusing what the what the uh, uh, the, you know, the intent of the that particular three versus three was. But uh, yeah, it's a bit. I don't know. It's a bit. It strikes me as a bit silly. Like the whole idea of three versus three <laughs> carriers was kind of silly to begin with. So. Yeah, well, I'm sort of not surprised that people figured out a way to do things with it that they hadn't intended. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest, working never intended for planes to be shot down. And when it finally happened, <laughs> it broke the system. <laughs> yeah, can't, can't have all of these people shooting down all of these planes. It's not allowed. 
Well, uh, then in the next dev blocks, there are some changes to, to test ships and submarines, but mostly the, the Japanese cruisers, I suppose, that are currently in testing. Yeah, and, which seems like um, mostly nerfs to them, interestingly. So even, even with their previously rather short ranges, they're actually reducing the ranges of some of them even more and uh, increasing the detectability of a lot of them as well. This uh, is Trump's gonna... gotten some some buffs though. Yeah, that's probably nice because it, does, it didn't seem like a very strong ship. Yeah, it was definitely underwhelming with its initial stats. I know it's interesting because the the Japanese cruisers with the nerf ranges they're going more into the direction of the the Panation light cruisers, but the Panations have yeah. smoke. Yeah, I, I'm not entirely sure what they have in in mind for these these very short ranged but not not able to smoke like you're gonna have to uh uh that's what i'm looking for like you're almost gonna have to the division with somebody with smoke is what i was going for I mean, I suppose that the tier 8 and tier 9 still have reasonable ranges but it's like the lower tiers are going to struggle well, I mean, we'll have to see, I guess. I suppose they are uh, focused on the torpedoes a lot anyway. Which is also True. interesting, because with the concealment nerf, they'll be less able to stealth talk. Yeah, it seemed like that was going to be the whole thing, but um, they were going to be very focused around that. But yeah, they've made it harder. So I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know if they really quite 100% know what they're doing with that line. <laughs> if, if if they've come up with this initial concept and then it's not really working and now they're just kind of tweaking the numbers and like, well, how do we make it work? Yeah, I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll have to see. But it, it's, it doesn't look like walking has much of a plan so far. Which isn't necessarily news, I guess. <laughs> well, uh, also, there are some changes to, to submarines. And basically, the submarine surveillance consumable is now 30 seconds earlier. I like it. 30 seconds. Let's cool down. So you can use it earlier in battle and, you know. I mean, the cooldown is pretty harsh anyway, because as Wargaming stated themselves, they don't want submarines to be detected. But uh, yeah, it also shows how absolutely ready submarines are, because they still haven't figured out the basics yet, uh, how their consumables work. Indeed. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, well, we're going to get on to talk about subs a little bit more, but yeah, that... <laughs> Keep making noises about how oh yeah they're they're almost ready you guys almost almost ready we're almost ready to go fit, fit in perfectly right yeah yeah then there are some changes to submarine skills I have to admit I'm not really up to date in what submarine skills are these days because I haven't really looked at them in a while. It looks like they are shifting around like the, the positions in the skill tree and then changing bonuses accordingly.
Well, other than that, the last dev block is simply just ship restrictions on uh, clan battles and they limited the share book. Um, I'm uh, surprised because I would have thought that this is a very good ship for clan battles because it has so low DPM. Yeah, maybe it's more to do with people tanking with it a bit, but even then it's... I don't know. I mean, it probably has some of the best armor of a tier 8 cruiser. But are there better? I don't know. I honestly don't know. Maybe it's that combination of armor and big-ish guns. And the heal, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it certainly has staying power, but I would have thought that it loses out against, like, DPM. But who knows? Yeah. I mean, I'm not really into clan battles, so there might I mean, be a reason for it. Maybe the heal is more of a factor. The, the, most of the the tier 8 cruisers that have a heal are generally a lot more squashy. So maybe it's that combination of a heal and relative tankiness. Maybe. Well, that basically concludes the dev blocks and brings us to more news articles. And as Shadai already hinted at, we, we're going to start with a developer bulletin that's about submarines and how their early access is going to work, more or less. As if we haven't been early accessing them for the last God knows how long. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but now Not it's true, early apparently. It's only early access if you spend money on it, right? Yeah, that was early, early access. Now we're going into just early access. Although they haven't uh, confirmed all the details here and they make a disclaimer that this is still not our final, it basically looks like the early access is going to work just like most early accesses, right? They're going to be sequential bundles and you get submarine tokens with... Uh, personal challenges and with that you can unlock those sequential bundles the interesting part to note is that first German and US tier 6 and tier 8 submarines will arrive in early access they say nothing about the tier 10s and I'm wondering if there's like I presume the sequential bundles will be one tier 6 then the other tier 6 then one tier 8 then the other tier 8 but I didn't see any confirmation there I don't think they'll have two different sequences and probably some camels interwoven there now the question is are the tier 10s are just gonna sold regularly are the 10s gonna come later they also mentioned that there will be a new submarine container that contains submarines without any specification what submarines now it wouldn't make sense to have like uh, sequential bundles that you have to buy one after another and then have something that you can get in a sequential bundle in a lockbox. I mean, not making sense has never stopped Wargaming, but that would kind of surprise me. Yes. Well, I mean, any way to monetize, right? <laughs> <laughs> so m maybe that's going to be a premium submarine in there. Maybe that's going to be the tier 10 submarines. They, as I said, uh, the article is a bit light on detail there. What the article does tell you, though, is uh, they tell you, uh, yeah, once again, just how well submarines fit into the gameplay. 
and that they are ready for introduction, despite the fact that in the same article they tell you all the changes to submarines, like they change the ping again, the automatic ASV for aircraft carriers, and as we've just discussed in the dev block, there are some changes to the tech, uh, to the commander skills and to the uh, uh, submarine surveillance consumable. So they are so ready that they need multiple changes. And at the same time, there was a uh, mention here somewhere that for several updates after the release, we don't plan to make significant changes to the gameplay to submarines, the settings, and the way they interact with other ship times, unless there's critically need to do so. And well, Wargaming is usually not the same opinion what's critical than we are. This will allow them to catch on in the game and give place to opportunity to acclimatize the new ship type. In the meantime, we'll be able to collect most up-to-date data at the same time we can make small balance changes necessary. So, Wargaming says submarines are ready and fit into the game. They are so ready that they won't be changed anymore, but at the same time, they are forcing new changes in the patch that are untested. So they are ready, but they're throwing a bunch of untested changes on them, and then they don't want to change them afterwards, no matter what the test says. Well, you know, I mean... <laughs> I mean, I, I think... From... from I, I can kind of see why they're saying that, in that they're setting a period of this, what is it, two patches, where it's not going to be a moving target in terms of... Uh, or they just say several updates, don't they? So not even necessarily two patches, but um, I, I mean, I'm guessing it so they can they can gather data for a, a significant enough period of time uh, to then, well, presumably tell us that submarines are fine and that we're just playing them wrong or that we don't understand. And that's why we're not enjoying them. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, I can kind of see why we're getting this, but it is still a bit ironic, really, that that they're doing all these new things. And then it's like, yeah, they're fine, they're stable. Just going to leave them be for a bit. I mean, honestly... If any changes, uh, okay. I mean, honestly, to me, it sounds like they've given up, right? They they basically, they tried tweaking submarines for a year. It didn't work, so they were like, okay, screw this, we just pretend it works and we don't want to touch it. A bit like what they did with carriers. They tweaked them, and at a certain point where they weren't actually in a good state, they just stopped and be like, okay, we don't care anymore. I don't think they've reached it. That's not not the worst assessment of carriers I've ever heard, I suppose. But, uh, I mean, it's just so sad when you read all of the, the, those, those statements. Uh, anyway, in a note, what I already expected would happen is also happening. Basically, the operation, the new uh, submarine-only operation, right? It's going to be for Tier 6 and Tier 8 submarines. But as we've learned, right, the six and eight submarines come in sequential bundles that you unlock with those personal challenges where you, you know, like they did in the past, right, you do those personal challenges, you get tokens, with the tokens you unlock them in sequential, sequential bundles. And I haven't said exactly how those bundles look like, but based on how this usually goes is, first of all, it might take you a few weeks until you get the tokens to even unlock a submarine. So there is no guarantee that you can actually for free 
play this operation when it's released. Might have to wait a week or two. And the second thing is it's very unlikely that you get the eight submarines for free because there have never been all sequential bundles for free. So I presume if you want to experience the new operation in the eight submarine, then you're going to pay money for it. So only... Yes, this, this does feel a bit sneaky. You're like, oh, here's this new operation with submarines, but you're not necessarily going to have a submarine in time to play it. But, you know, give us some money and maybe you will. I mean, to me, it feels, feel to, it. to me, it feels like that Wargaming is aware that there's so much hate for submarines that they aren't going to get much sales from the PvP side. So they were like, okay, so most people hate submarines. Very few people want to play submarines. Most people won't spend money on this. How do we get them to spend money anyway? All right, uh, we, we make an operation that have people been asking for for us for three years, and we're going to sell them the submarine for the operation. I suppose on the bright side, if that works and they make a lot of sales because of that, maybe they will actually realize that they can monetize operations and will put more budget into operations. But, you know, that's that's just desperately trying to find a silver lining here. <laughs> Indeed. But uh, I, I'm actually looking forward to this operation in case I can get the submarine for free, like a tier 6 one, right? Even if it's only tier 6, I'd, I'd be very interested to give this a try. Just the fact that it's a new operation, yes, of course, I want to, you know, I would like to try it. Then, uh, I think what we touched on earlier, like the, the ping thingy comes back. So you can now, you now have both ping indicators, like the racing ping and the uh, thing on the surface. Uh, more hit ribbons that show you if the submarine actually got full damage. A splash auto. And I look at the two ribbons, right? At first, I didn't realize that what the difference was, but it looks like the line. The gray line in the center is slightly thinner in the other ribbon. I mean, come on, you could have made those ribbons a little bit more different, right? Like, it's not just me. On first glance, they look the same, right? Yeah, yeah, it's... It could do some work, maybe. <laughs> I mean, there could be some sort of explosion on something or whatnot. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm almost wondering, like, have they actually messed up the article and they meant to put in two different images and they've accidentally put in the same image twice? I don't know. I, I mean, at first I would think so, but they're, they're like the the gray line in the center is slightly smaller, but it's so oh, definitely true. Too, too yeah. Different. Oh, yeah. No, now you've pointed that out. Yeah, the thickness of the middle part is different. That's that's the only difference. Yeah, okay. Uh, in which case, that is uh, kind of silly. I, I mean, you could have even, even if you just made two lines instead of a small and bigger one, like something that makes it on first glance visually different, right? <laughs> yeah. This is yeah, just it should silly. be fairly distinctive without having to peer that closely at it and have someone point out the difference. Oh, well, 
then we have the automatic anti-submarine warfare aircraft carriers that they're going to implement. Which, you know, completely untested, obviously, so it's fine and is, is ready for, for the game. And then some more about the Halloween operations and uh, changes to Commander Skills upgrades. I think we've talked about this in the dev blog when it was announced. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure we have. So, I'm sure we'll uh, have the usual struggle of operations that haven't been around for a while. The bunch of people just kind <laughs> of uh, flailing. Uh, I've definitely seen that with some of the returned operations, although most most people have, have picked them up reasonably quickly, I think. But there's still been some utterly daft, uh, like uh, even some of the older ones, like Defense of Newport, I had around the other day where like half the team rushed out and managed to get torpedoes <laughs> by all the incoming like destroyers and cruisers mm-hmm. that had torpedoes. So uh, that, that one didn't end well. I mean, the, the whole idea is obviously with the operations to introduce or, or to get people to try them out who have never seen them. Because, you know, the, since, since operations last were actually sort of a thing, years have passed, right? So you would expect that a lot of people have started playing since then. They've never seen them. And if they are successful in attracting a lot new people into operations, that would be a good thing. Now it just remains to be seen if they need to like adjust difficulty and such with the scaling and so on, or need to offer additional... Well, okay, Wargaming was never very good at offering information for players what they should do. Mm-hmm. Well, we shall see how it goes. Well, yeah, uh, I might even, I mean, I know a lot of people don't even look at guides and things, but given that it is completely brand new, I might even do a video on operations, you know, like, uh, here's how the operation works, which I haven't done in like four years or something, because yeah, but... there wasn't a lot of new ones after a, after a while, so yeah. Yeah, it might actually help quite a bit, I guess. Well, in in other news, Sam is now available. Well, available. He's in boxes, as cats indeed. tend to be. Yes, indeed. I've I've told Sam he's now available, and he didn't really seem to be bothered by the news. So, <laughs> well, he's yeah, now uh, internationally famous. Well, I mean, he was indeed. before. So yeah, I I must admit, I I spent some of the doubloons I had on my account and just managed to to get uh the german sam i, I was quite like just looking at the the combined bundled thing which is like what 30k doubloons <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous for how much how much they want for the it's essentially like the one the, the things you want out of it would be the two captains and the three perma camos and that's a lot of money for two captains yeah. and the three perma camos Definitely. But hey, so, you, can just, you can just roll the dice and, and buy gamble boxes instead and hope that you manage to get the thing. True. Which I admit I did because it's Sam and I had to have Sam. Yeah, I mean, me as well. I, I bought five gamble boxes and I got two Sams. I mean, I already had quite a few of the possible rewards, so 
that might have increased my chances. But I got lucky. I now have a German and a British Sam. You know, it's interesting that they haven't actually changed that they have the exact same picture. And there is absolutely no difference between those two. They could have really just made one Sam that can go on both kinds of ships. Yeah, yeah. Or, or had the like the caps be slightly different. That would have been the other things. Have one with the Royal Navy cap and the other with the Kriegsmarine cap. But Yeah. You know, Wargaming likes to copy-paste. What can I say? If they can get away <laughs> with copy-pasting, they will copy-paste. But, you know, here the Sam is meowing and I'm quite happy. I have to say, I've, I, I've waited for a proper cat commander for years. One that's not a cartoon cat. <laughs> well, well, I wouldn't have minded the cartoon if it made cat noises. So, uh, else do we have in use? There is... Uh, well, there's an article that tells you to play with friends. It's actually nice. Uh, they, they, I mean, it's not the hardest thing in the world, but they tell you how to create a division, I guess. Which, you know, actually, it's not like Wargaming's UI is that self-explanatory always, so it's nice. They also even give you some tips that in battle you should work together and maybe division with ships that can help each other. So, you know, I mean... As far as uh, articles for for newcomers, that's not too bad. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not. I mean, they didn't define what what this word "friends" is, but I, I, it probably <laughs> means something to somebody somewhere. True. Maybe it's maybe it's some premium feature that you have to pay for. I don't know. Uh, then next is an article about the player transfer from uh, the Russian to Europe and probably the other regions. And uh, I think you mentioned earlier that this is currently suspended because of technical difficulties, but technically yeah, you can... But there's a very short uh, thing on the, uh, the support announcements page. Uh, very, very, very short announcement. It just says that it stopped. The, the account transfer stopped between regions for technical reasons for an indefinite period, and we'll tell you when it comes back. So it doesn't say what the reason is, but who knows? It might actually be a technical reason, other than the the you know the, all of the real life politics stuff that's going on and continuing to go on with wars that aren't wars and whatnot. I mean, they mentioned that it's incredibly complicated in the article, but they are fully committed to do this. So, uh, yeah, if, if uh, you want to transfer your account from Russia, you can. But the more interesting part for me personally is in the frequently asked questions, they basically say, uh, will Leicester and Wargaming versions of the game be identical? And they say Leicester will continue World of Warships in Russia and Belarus. and uh, with a new client based on the current game version, uh, but the clients might diverge in the future, which basically means they must have a different developer studio than, like, I mean, Leicester does their own development, 
and Wargaming does their own development and maybe they share some data, I don't know. But the thing is, that means they can't have moved all the developers from Leicester because Leicester still works on World of Warships and Wargaming works on World of Warships. So not only... So there must be like sort of new people in charge now, right? I mean, they might have uh, transferred some people. I suppose Leicester won't be as big as it used to be under Wargaming St. Petersburg. But we can only speculate here. But the way I see it, we might actually get new people developing World of Warships now. At least some new people. Which could be good. Yeah, I mean, we also might start to see some um, slight divergences. Probably not too much in terms of ship stats to begin with. But, I mean, if you look at the, the example that we already have of the China server, which is run by a Chinese partner, uh, there are some noticeable differences in terms of um, things like pricing, things that are available there that aren't available on other servers in terms of like rarer vehicles. And uh, as as time has gone on, you know, the, there have been stat changes that have happened on the sort of non-Chinese server side that haven't then gone on to the Chinese server side. So, yeah, for a long time, actually, there was a, a map that was exclusive to the Chinese server as well before it came to all of the other servers. So we might, well, you might see things like that, maybe. But it'll be, you know, over the next couple of, of years kind of time frame rather than anything dramatic happening right away, I expect. I mean, I wouldn't expect anything dramatic soon, but honestly, considering uh, some of Leicester's high-ups and ideas they had, I would not really be surprised if there was something like, I don't know, on the Russian server, Russian ships have 10% pious stats or something like that. <laughs> I would not yeah, be terribly surprised. Yeah, they might surprised. just go full-on, like, oh, yeah, you play the Russian server and all your Russian ships have, have like, I don't know, Double critical damage, or I, I don't even know, <laughs> double citadel damage, or <laughs> who knows. So, uh, it's it's honestly, I find it interesting how tight lipped Wargaming has been about this whole transition thing the whole time because you, you might think people would want to know who develops the game and such, but this is, I mean, the most confirmation we have so far now that. Uh, Wargaming is going to continue development and Russia is just going to do their own thing. Indeed. Uh, it does seem... I mean, there was kind of much speculation earlier about um, like if they were trying to to get some of the core talent out of uh, out of St. Petersburg to, to continue working on the game as like the core development team, so... I don't know. We might. I mean, it might go as far as like actual parallel development, considering the sort of unique situation um, with Leicester having been the studio that sort of, you know, made the game to begin with. But um, who knows? Who knows? Maybe there is hope for a better game. I'm. I'm, I'm not going to be too wildly optimistic. <laughs> Well, uh, in other news, the, the, yeah. what else do we have here? 
we have a C Smackdown where they're waiting for Iowa replays. So if you've got a good Iowa game, I suppose you can submit replays there. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, Iowa's not a bad ship to play, so that's uh, if it's a ship you enjoy, I suppose you might as well take part in that. Uh, there's actually some not bad prizes, I think. I'm trying to bring up the thing now. Where is it? Iowa. It's somewhere. It's. it's I, I don't know what it is about the layout of the news portal on warships. Somehow I managed to never quite find the articles I'm actually looking for. All oh, right, there it is, Iowa. Right, uh, actual prices. What are the actual prices? Because that might be interesting to know. It's the, the bottom in how to get into an episode. Oh, yeah, there we go. Uh, commemorative flag, uh, some camouflages, combat signals, econ bonuses, and a, a special achievement, and 100 community tokens. Okay. So nothing really too interesting except for, well, yeah. I mean, you know, you get a unique flag. and a, yeah, an it's, a, it's a bit of bragging rights. I mean, the yeah. I think the camos, it says 20x camos there, and on the graphic area it says 8x camos, but yeah, the camos seem to be fairly unique as well. So yeah, bragging rights, I guess. It's bragging rights. You can get a unique uh, looking camo or a, patch or a flag out of it so yeah true and yeah there are multiple categories there is maximum damage maximum ship sunk maximum potential damage maximum per salvo maximum aircraft destroyed and best moment which is you know rather subjective I guess yeah. Uh, at least, I mean, you can kind of see it. I mean, they're, they're casting quite a wide net with this. And, and, and it, it yeah. says, you know, people can submit unlimited replays. So I, I can see why the, the prizes aren't anything special. But they have in, in previous ones, they've, they've had like, you know, top X number of people get a, you know, premium ship container or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I also said a jury serves the right to provide additional compensation to participants, so. I suppose, you know, I think if, if you send something good, even if you don't end up in the episode, maybe you get something. But, I mean, it's, it's an interesting idea, especially to get people to play ships that might not be as common. Like, Iowa is not a ship you see that often. I guess it's... I mean, there's, there's so many ships to to play now that uh, even even if you're just thinking about tier nine battleships, oh, true. There's the the uh, tech tree ships. So there's a whole bunch of other tier nine premiums and special ships as well. So yeah, I was still it's it's still solid, still a solid choice at tier nine though. Yeah, well, it's outclassed by quite a few things, I suppose. Indeed. Although the guns, the guns can still reasonably hold their own. Yeah. 
Then other things we have is uh, new sequential bundles in the armory, which is basically, as the name says, you buy the first bundle you can. And you're then allowed to buy the next one. They all cost doubloons and they, well, most of them are gamble boxes. Yeah. Um, I actually, I must admit, I went, I went through the sequence and bought them because they're not super expensive. I think I can't even, I didn't figure out the, the total cost, but it's a couple of thousand doubloons. It's like six, seven, I don't know. But I got, um, it's one of those things where you have to figure out yourself if it's going to be worth it for you. Uh, and I, I got a, uh, what was it, the Brandenburg, which I didn't already have out of it. And um, I think there was a perma camo from one of the Seven Seas containers as well, which I worth less than it used to be because it's just the perma camo <laughs> and not the econ bonus. But um, yeah, I mean, tier eight premium battleships like. 12 to 13k doubloons generally so i don't know what the brandenburg is specifically but uh so it was worth it for me but it's one of those things where it's like oh, you know you gotta you gotta consider the like look at the actual chances of the things yeah i mean it's if it's gonna be worth it but so, some of them were kind of like you know spend a couple of hundred goals and here's some credits and here's some xp and it's like oh, okay i really don't want to spend gold on that but okay you have to to get to the latest stuff. So I did, as you know, for science, and mm-hmm. uh, I got lucky. I guess I can say. Yeah, like it's it. A lot of it is gambling. There are some fixed rewards, like you know, some some coal in there and some credits and so on. And I mean, you can determine for yourself if that whole sequence is worth it. I mean, at least you can look at the individual rewards and see the drop rates and you know what's going to be in yeah. the different things. So. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, for, for for some people, they might go right. I'll buy a couple of them because they are relatively cheap, like the individual ones. But if you if you just go and buy all of them in sequence, then yeah, it's a good couple of thousand. Which is almost it's yeah. almost why they've made the individual ones so cheap because they're sort of hoping people are just. Like, yeah, oh, it's this cheap. This one's cheap, and this one's cheap, and I'll just click, 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 and you before you know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sort of in in microtransaction category again, right? You look at just yeah. like ninety nine doubloons. You might even have gotten some doubloons from like you, you get like fifty doubloons of sometimes from like the the free bundles that they have in a patch or so. Mm-hmm. And you might even have some doubloons lying around. So you're like, yeah, okay, I'll open that, and then maybe you keep opening it. And once they got you, that's with sequential bundles, right? If you open until the fourth or the fifth, and then there's something else that you want in maybe the next one, then maybe you you buy some doubloons, and then maybe you keep opening. But yeah, in this article, by the way, you can uh, you can see like the containers, and you can see so that that's at least nice. They have in the article the the chances mm-hmm. for for some stuff here, so yeah the, the information is there for people that are actually uh, sort of looking at them you can actually see i mean you could sit and add up all the prices be nice if they would actually then give like a total price for like buying all of them instead of just yeah. all of the individual ones but that, that would scare people off <laughs> sneaky yeah <sighs> Uh, 
So uh, other news, I guess, King of the Seas uh, 14, you can register now. So interesting enough, they went back to King of the Seas because the last tournament, the last two, they just renamed them for some reason. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe they just... I, maybe they, they did some surveys and were like, oh, yeah, the branding isn't working, so let's go back to... Who knows? What's nice to hear is that aircraft carriers and submarines are not permitted yet. We will see if they change it in the future. But they they still keep the carriers out and they keep the submarines out. So small mercies. I am not looking forward to the day when they decide that submarines should be competitive because that would be utterly sad probably, but hey. For now, they, they haven't completely lost the sanity. For now. So yeah, if you if you want to, you can register and uh, see how far you get. Obviously, you need a team for that. There's the usual kind of... Uh... Slate restrictions as well, but I don't think there's anything too surprising. Like, you can have a Kremlin or an Ohio. Uh, or you can have a Petro or a Napoli. Yeah. So they're trying to limit certain ships, I suppose. Well, they are trying to limit certain ships. It's interesting that I don't see a Stalingrad there in the limitations, actually. No, Moskva and Nevsky, but not Stalingrad. And Petra, of course. I mean, the thing is, Mosk. I suppose Stalingrad, maybe they think Stalingrad is okay now with the nerf trade duration. Moskva and Nevsky are probably occupying the same slot because they have the long trade duration still. But I have to admit, I've never been that much into uh, King of Disease myself. So I'll leave others to judge if those restrictions are what's needed or not. The two Nevskis always. No, no, you could go with one Moscow and one Nevsky or two Moscows. I have no idea like which of those two performs better in competitive, to be honest. Moskva is still a pretty decent ship. It just has been like pushed out by Stalingrad and Petra because they're even better ships. But with the nerf greater duration on Petra and Stalingrad, I suppose Moskva might have a uh, way back in. But I think overall, those have been the most interesting news. There is, although, something else we'd like to mention. The I think it's been uh, talked about by a few people already, but there has been like the, the railgun bug, or well, there have been multi-blaming bugs uh, introduced recently. Mm. And now Wargaming has decided to fix that by basically 
it, like you shoot not where you aim, but where you aimed like half a second earlier, right? So the thing is that by moving the mouse very quickly, you could basically shoot an enemy and the game calculated as if the enemy was like four kilometers in front of you, even though they were 20 kilometers. So you had supersonic shells with the penetration of four kilometers, right? Basically instantly went to the target. And in order to fix yeah. that bug, Wargaming has decided that you basically shoot where your mouse used to be, so you can no longer abuse the system because then you, if you now you move the mouse too quickly, you just shoot into the water. Which also means that if you are trying to properly aim at a ship and you aren't trying to abuse any bugs, you have to keep in mind that your guns are not gonna shoot where you're aiming, but where you aimed half a second earlier. That means, for example, you might have to give more lead because, you know, you are not actually shooting via the lead that you give, but the lead that you, like, you know, your mouse is constantly moving. So things to keep in mind. Also a problem with, like, fast-moving targets if you're trying to shoot a French and the French is constantly, like, wiggling and so on because if you, like, keep following it with your mouse and shooting, you have to keep in mind that you, your shells will not go where you're currently aiming, but where you used to aim, right? And you were moving the mouse where you, like, maybe trying to get where, where that destroy is currently dodging and then you look confused because your shell is actually going towards the right of the ship and you aim towards the left because you know that that's where your mouse were like uh, half a second before you shot so it's uh it's sad but that's it's actually not a bug yeah um it's yeah we'll see what what happens because of that but at the moment the the advice is you just have to wait for half a second or a second before you like if you're bringing your your reticle over a ship you've just got to wait that bit longer it's especially annoying if you're in a in a very fast firing ship i mean if you're in a battleship just that extra little bit of time uh is is not gonna um feel that significant but if you're in a fast firing destroyer constantly adjusting adjusting your aim then yeah, that's where you're going to notice it, and that's where it's going to be especially irritating. And I mean, giving lead with, with fast ships, right? Because, you know, I mean, your, your mouth moves automatically with the ship if you've looked on, but you have to keep in mind that your aim is not going to shoot where you aim, but where you're used to, right? And especially with a fast-moving ship, even though you don't move your mouse, your, basic, your aim is moving relatively quickly. So what I've noticed is that when I try to shoot faster moving ships, that my aim is often off because I'm not giving enough lead because it's not shooting at the lead that I give, but, you know, shooting the right. Was like five yeah. seconds. So I've actually felt in, in a few ships, especially if slower shells and against faster moving targets, that my aim has been a bit uh, questionable. Simply because I'm I'm giving the lead that I used to, and that's no long enough. Hopefully, they can come up with an actual solution that doesn't break something or introduce some new unwanted behavior again. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 it just—it's a bit silly that we keep coming to these these issues that then generate new issues i i can still always just uh, tell you that there is this free uh, online uh, quality assurance course that they offer <laughs> <laughs>
It's it's uh, it's a joke that keeps on giving. <laughs> the, the question is: Is Wargaming actually trying to work on a fix for this, or have they now, on their perspective, fixed it and they're going to leave it up? Because you know, in time, people will adjust to this new development, or just oh, this is how AIM works. People will aim differently, and so on. I mean, it's still irritating against wiggling targets, against other targets. You just have to adjust. I mean, maybe that's what they're hoping because, you know, from their perspective, it means they don't have to spend any more money trying to fix the problem. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, in Wargaming's... uh, Let's just say Wargaming is not the company that gives me the the idea that they really care. They just put a fix on it, possibly because people were shooting carriers with it, and now that's fixed, and uh, they move on with their lives. And they they just ignore any of the... I mean, let, let's be honest, there might be quite a few people who aren't that good at aiming. They might not realize the difference. So maybe Wargaming is like, you know, this will just uh, affect mostly like the good players and who cares. I guess time will tell. I haven't actually heard any... I'm not sure, was there any answer from Wargaming to this? Or have they just been silent? I haven't seen a thing, but I may have missed it. I mean, that's that's always a possibility. But uh, time will tell, I guess. Yeah, it's the sort of thing. Like, if, if, if there would either be something on the dev blog, or there would have been something on the uh, the player support portal, but. There's neither. So. I mean, sometimes there's just like an answer somewhere in, in a forum or a Reddit thread. That's true. I actually haven't looked at the Warships Reddit in a few days, but I think it's mostly the usual mix of stuff. <laughs> uh, there's a picture of someone having built the Otago in what they say is a Lego game, but I don't think that's actual Lego. But that's maybe not what we're looking for. Well, I suppose half of Reddit is full of making fun of, of submarines. Indeed. Yeah, there's, there's there's several threads, or you know, like clips of the aim bug, and people asking, "Have they fixed it yet?" Uh the the last aim bug or the the current uh, fix? I guess, I guess the current one. I mean, because the current one is kind of like the fix for the uh, the rail guns, so. Know. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, uh, I think that more or less actually concludes the news this week. Uh, well, actually, two weeks because I was away last week, but there hasn't been that much happening. Because I think Wargaming spends all of their time to prepare the submarines that are fully ready and don't need any adjustments. It's trying to adjust them last minute. After yeah, I'm I, still, I, I still... I still... I'm convinced that... I don't know. Every every time they said, "Oh yeah, if subs don't work, we'll take them out," 
uh, I'm kind of convinced at this point that, that that was maybe a bit of a lie. <laughs> I mean, see, the thing is, I think Wargaming has completely different uh, ideas of what doesn't work mean than, than us players do. Which is also why, why there is basically this, uh, we call it, uh, this perception that Wargaming isn't playing the game. Because if you're actually playing the game, a lot of the decision they're making, you wouldn't do that. And it's, it's the same like with, with submarines. Submarines might work on a spreadsheet, right? Because if you look on a spreadsheet, what you see is the average damage that a submarine does and the average survivability and so on, and you can tweak that, right? But if, if, uh, if that's because like out of 10 submarines, nine are underperforming and one is overperforming tremendously, then on a spreadsheet that all balances out. And then you're like, well, uh, this class is red. Yeah. Yeah, it does underlie some uh, issues with their methodology, shall we say? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, 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 I mean, I, I get the feeling that we're going to have at some point in the next, like, I don't know, couple of years, and it'll, it'll be like RTS carriers going to the current carriers because it. In a lot of ways, like the, the the things that subs can do are a, a lot like what old RTS carriers could do. And uh, in terms of just like, well, you know, I'm I'm going to pick on you in particular and make your life miserable, and and I'm going to you know just delete you, and there's nothing you can do about it from point blank range. And um, you know, there's a reason that they changed the old CVs and that that they were trying to make it so that um, the the especially skilled players weren't able to to dominate quite as 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 hard and, and that you know having a good C V on one team and a bad C V on the other team just had such a disproportionate uh, effect on the outcome. And I don't know if subs are quite as unbalanced in that respect, but I suspect that the the difference between a, a you know a, a, a mm-hmm. sub player that's really using all their their tools and actually knows how to ambush somebody at close range, as I had the experience of earlier today, and there was literally nothing I could do about it because I didn't have hydro. Um, yeah, compared to a sub player that that dies in the first four minutes, like it's it's probably gonna end up being a not dissimilar situation that caused the the revision to CVs. So, yeah, I, d- I think they're just setting themselves up to having to make more drastic changes in the future just by having subs in at all, I suppose. Oh, definitely. I mean, I'm uh, curious how it will affect the sub population because if, if people can actually, like, sort of grind subs and, you know, they need dedicated commanders for subs and, uh, I can make all the missions and everything with subs. How how is it going to to affect people playing them? Will there be more people playing them? Will there be less people playing them? Will the people that play them be better? Are uh, now a lot of people just trying it out because they got the sub for free and they just jump in and like, hi, I don't know how this works. Uh, will it just be less but more dedicated submarine players? It's like the, the thing with subs is that there are so many ways this could go wrong because well-played subs is tremendously overpowered and there aren't really tools to really combat them. 
So, you know, it, it could just remain sort of the same it is now, or it could go horribly wrong. And I mean, Wargaming has no idea which way it's going to go. They, mm. they basically, they're making a big gamble, but I don't think they're self-aware enough to realize that because they don't really play their own game. <laughs> yeah. And don't like, understand the statistics. Certainly feels that way sometimes. Yeah, I mean, especially at the moment, probably the, the biggest uh, annoyance when you're coming across a skilled player is, is uh, when they when they do get close enough to shotgun you when they're on spotted and there's nothing you can do about it because you don't even then get the marker on the water from from them having used their sonar. Uh, so they can. It's basically like the very old days of. Um, uh, when it was possible, before everybody effectively had the uh, spotted indicator. And, yeah. uh, you know, there were, there were the sneaky, sneaky destroyers that could basically go around and drop balls of torpedoes without anyone ever knowing that they were there. And the first indication you would have that they were there was, you know, a Shimakaze's wall of death coming towards you kind of thing. So there's, there's a reason why they gave everybody that, uh, that little... Uh, I'm spotted indicator as a freebie instead of making it a, a, a captain skill um, just to, you know, level the play, playing field and uh, to remove that element, which could be perceived as being very unfair. And yet they've, they've reintroduced that element with submarines. So well done. More gaming. I mean, the also the, the concerning thing is that obviously with the early access hardworks these days, they are actually people are gonna pay money for those submarines, which may make Wargaming even more like. I mean, they even said that they don't want to change them for several patches, but the, they they are not premiums, but they're sort of selling them like premiums, which means they might be even more reluctant to make any too drastic changes. Which will not bode well for the game at all, I suppose. But, I mean, we shall see. Maybe, you know, a lot of this might still be from the old developers. Maybe there's going to be some new people coming in with, with the game development moving away from St. Petersburg. Maybe we'll, we'll have some hope that, that they have somebody competent. Yeah, I'm not believing yeah. my own words. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, well, and on on those bright thoughts, I think that sort of was it, right? Yeah, um, yeah, I, I think so. Uh, there's, I mean, there's still other sort of ongoing small things like you can play battleship in the armory, uh, which is <laughs> you can even get it to play itself. Although, unsurprisingly, I saw on Reddit that people have already figured out the strategies that the AI is using. It's got like three or four set strategies, and so people already sort of game theory the optimal starting wow. placement to counter the strategies and things like that and maximum, maximize the tokens you can get. But even not doing that, um, yeah, there's a couple of things worth getting there, but mostly the, uh, the econ bonus packages for tier sevens. and. Uh, don't know if there's anything else really, but, but I think there's there's some of the perma camos, but I really don't like the anniversary perma camos this time around, so I've not bothered. 
there's also the last year's, the sixth anniversary perma camos, and I've got all of those already, I guess. So, yeah, I've just been going for the bonus packages for tier seven ships. Um, what else? There was something else. Um, oh, yeah, there's also the. Um, they've hidden it quite well away this time, but there's the kind of anniversary, like the browser trawl thing where you can mm-hmm. go through and it shows you all your you know, stats for the last year. They normally make a bigger thing of that, but I don't know. I kind of stumbled across the link by accident. Maybe it's also in an email they've sent out, because that's another way they do these things usually. So, uh, yeah. I'm going to say that the, the, the anniversary event feels... Like cluster. Yeah, a little underwhelming. I mean, the, the super containers was nice, and I got the Hornet out of one of the super containers. There's another tier eight ship I've got for free. Uh, but it's not one I was especially wild about getting because premium carrier, but I can play in operations, I guess. So that's, that's the thing. Uh, yeah. So uh, chat has apparently, you know, Unhalt has been released, which I completely missed. Yeah. Uh, what, yeah. That's, what is that's it available sold now as well. For? 12,800, or you can buy the super duper bonus bundle with the hideous camouflage for oh. uh, nearly 25,000. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, it's where you get the, the mermaid captain that has no specific voice, just a picture and uh, the weird camo and so on. So, I mean, I haven't played the Unhold, so unfortunately I can't tell you anything about it. I'm, I'm not gonna I'm, spend... I'm not even... I, I, I could have bought sufficient doubloons and had it like, oh yeah, this is an official business expense for my channel, but I can't, can't even be bothered doing that. <laughs> to be honest. Uh, um, y- maybe some... Maybe once it's in the, like, super container drop list at some point in the future, it might pop up as a, a ship I get for free, as I got the Brandenburg for free. But uh, yeah, aside from that, so I, yeah, unfortunately, I'm not terribly interested. <laughs> I don't think we can tell you much about the Unhold because neither of us has it, and neither of us is gonna spend money on it. No, so... there's, there's certainly. Um, I don't know if there's been any. Uh, well, I don't think Little White Mouse has done a review or anything like that. But there's certainly some videos on YouTube covering it. Nobody seems to be especially enthusiastic about it, and. Flamu was his usual bombastic, like it's either great or it's trash. And in this case, it was trash. So take that how you will, kind of thing. But uh, yeah, um, it does seem rather underwhelming. Like uh, up tiered Bayern, but with smaller guns, I guess. It's got quite a lot of guns. And it does seem like the armor's still quite decent at tier 8, but yeah. There's a bit of a saturation of tier 8 premium German battleships in particular. Yeah, now. it's like we have the... the There's Odin, Brandenburg. Uh, yeah, Tirpitz. Uh, Tirpitz, obviously, as Anholt. Uh, Tirpitz B. I don't know if there's anything else I've missed. I mean, Tirpitz, Tirpitz B is kind of a bit... It's yeah, the same, but... yeah. I'm yeah. not sure where they are held from. Like, because we, we already have, like, the Odin and the Brandenburg, both with, like, lower caliber guns at this tier, sort yeah. of. And it it just feels like one more of those. I mean, Odin is pretty bad. It it, it does seem like yet another release that makes the Odin yeah. even more obsolete than it was already. I, <laughs> so, I don't know what to say, really. I don't any stunts. I'm not sure how, how health... Or so it is, but it's 
not sure if it can beat Brandenburg, to be honest. Because Brandenburg I mean, is alright-ish. Yeah, if you were thinking about it for... I've seen a fair few of the main operations, but also just in some, in some random battles as well, but I don't know how it compares, even just for doing a secondary build, for example, as compared to the other ones. I want to take a secondary ship into ops. It's either going to be Massachusetts, Atlantico, or Graf Zeppelin, oddly enough. <laughs> Doesn't quite have the range, yeah. but the rate of fire is a bit bonkers. Yeah. Uh, Atlantico is just... Atlantico is a surprisingly good ship, despite being from Atlantico. Yeah, yeah. And I it actually, sort of has pushed... That... A, might actually yeah. be one of the best dockyard ships we've had overall. Yeah. I think. And it sort of has pushed the uh, the Germans a bit to the background because the Atlantico is basically like one of the top tier secondary ships now at this tier. I mean, the Germans still have either like torpedoes or hydro, so there is then. Well, it's also like the Bismarck and the Tirpitz are perfectly fine ships, and like the Odin was a disappointment. The the Brandenburg is okayish, uh, and can keep kind of up with them, I think. But it has it it had I think Torps, no hydro, lower caliber guns. Not sure if there was anything else special about the Brandenburg. It's been a long time. Uh, Brandenburg doesn't have hydro. Yeah, it has the Torps think... though. Yeah, Odin. I mean, both Odin and, and Brandenburg, I think they have the same quad launchers. Yeah. So Odin gets the Hydro. The, the, only, the only downside of Brandenburg versus Odin is it doesn't have a Hydro. Which, I mean, that makes more Brandenburg like a comparison to Tirpitz than, than anything else, because it's like you've got the torpedoes and Hydro, whereas Tirpitz versus Bismarck, you know, it's Hydro versus not Hydro kind of thing. So, yeah. I don't know. I've I've played all of one battle in the Brandenburg, though, so I'm hardly qualified to talk about it, having gotten it in a box the other day. It, it's been a while since I did so. So, there's a comment from Sully. Unless I replace the ship in anything other than random, then it's not a balanced opinion. Yeah, I yeah, mean, so that's, uh, well, unless you're specifically evaluating how it's going to be doing an operations kind of thing, but um, for a sort of general opinion of, yeah, you need to be playing it in random. I mean, my, my, the, I think his point is people need to play it in something else than random. And my point would be random is the main game mode and most of the... Oh, I see. Uh, I, did, I didn't read that right. <laughs> I, I would say that, you know, random is what you basically evaluate most ships for. And yes, if you want to talk about other stuff other than random, then you should specifically mention it. Like being good in random... For example, competitive play, right? Competitive plays are different, different ships that are good in randoms aren't necessarily good in competitive because they are very specialized roles that you go for. Corp is something where you can put anything in, right? It doesn't really matter on the ship. Corp, you're mostly just, I mean, some mm. ships are very bad in Corp because you are, the other players will farm all the damage and you won't get any, right? So it, I feel like destroyers are probably not going to do that well in Corp in general. Especially the ones with long Corp reloads. Yeah, uh, but uh, and operations, uh, operations, I mean, I've not played that much myself. For operations, you'd need to have a specific guide for a specific operation because it's different operations, other 
things are yeah. more important. Generally, um, like for a battleship, you know, good secondaries is always good or fast rate of fire. Um, cruisers, pretty much anything works for operations, I guess. Although it's probably the hardest class to play in operations because some ops you don't get a healing zone and you're most likely to get citadeled and things by the AI ships. So that, that can be... That, that's the most sort of uh, risky class to take into an operation, definitely. And then uh, destroyers, you want just anything with a quick torpedo reload and decent damage. And if it's got good guns on top of that, then so much the better. Yeah, and for example, in some operations, uh, Antia might be more important than in others and such. So, yeah, just, yeah, I think only Hermes really is the one is the only one where Antia truly matters. Um, in Cherry Blossom, you've got the the two AI carriers that come in. Their AA largely takes care of the. The airfield planes, so yeah, not even really AA to be honest. But there used to be more of a thing. I mean, um, defense of um, of uh, uh, Newport used to have a carrier come in at the end, and it doesn't anymore. Although the voiceover still says there's a carrier coming in. <laughs> there's, there's one or two where they they basically never ever change the voiceover lines, and it's a bit jarring. And every time you hear it, but uh, yeah. I mean, Aegis, they put the carrier, the friendly carrier back in, the Saipan, but it doesn't really seem to make that much difference. So, yeah, AA, I wouldn't say AA is not that big of a factor, really. You're more an expert on operations than I am. I haven't <laughs> played them in a while. But, uh, yeah, then, when it comes uh, to, to something special like Brawls and such, or like other limited special game modes. I mean, it's hard to evaluate chips for that because they are so infrequent and they, they change the rules so much, right? So you, yes, mm. for example, in a free versus free Brawl, the ship might be a lot better than something else, but if it's a game mode that happens twice a year or so, then it's not really what, what you would evaluate a ship for generally. So I, I would say if you review a ship, you usually review a ship for uh, random battles and that's I mean, you, yeah you kind yeah. of concentrate on what people are most going to use a thing for but um, it's always nice I mean Little White Mouse for example usually has a section of is, is this going to be any good in operations is this going to be any good in yeah if you want to go more in depth thing? is it going to be any then... good in competitive although is it any good in competitive is usually a deeply subjective uh, yeah uh, I mean the, the next question is, is ranked actually competitive or not? For example, like, uh, there are always tier lists for all sorts of things like hmm. uh, ranked and so on. But honestly, I feel like if you know what you're doing, you probably can take most ships into ranked or so, so anyway, if you like. Some obviously are going to be better than others, but let's not pretend that ranked is a high level gameplay. Mostly ships are more restricted when, when you actually do like clan battles and so on where, where you coordinate and where you can't just use random battle tactics basically. Yeah, uh, so, uh, I think we might be just about done unless oh, this has been quite a short one for us but you know there's not been, been that much in fact we probably yeah. 
even stretched it out longer with rambling than it probably needed to be. But uh, I know we weren't rambling; yeah. we were answering Chet's questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but I think that's it from us for this week, and we'll be back next week. Bye. So, bye everyone. Have a good night. <laughs>